Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. This is Dumpty Dum, sponsored by managers. Royfield, Lucy and all the Dumpty Dummers, Red Agnes here. This is what happens when you get temporary control <laughs> over 17 excitable grown-ups, most of whom have never heard of the archers, and you try to get them to perform a Dumpty Dum. You'll hear gazoos, <laughs> vuvuzelas and maybe some drums. This is the Blocco Mente Samba Band, 7th birthday, Dumpty Dum. This is I do apologise. <laughs> oh, she's apologised. So I can oh. say this is Dumpty Dum, the show about the reality docudrama that are centred on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the two-toed camelid, that is Royfield Brown, and with me I have the obese horse, that is... Lucy Freeman. <laughs> <laughs> and the last At least part... I'm calling myself an obese horse and not you. <laughs> And the last part of Yackle's Bedside Manor, folks, is you. Now, this week's Dumpty Dum is from our Red Agnes and our Samba Band up <laughs> north somewhere, creating a proper racket now, folks. I'm going to tell you, first up, top of the shop, get sending in Dumpty Dums. We have one left on the shelf, which we're going to drag off that dusty shelf last week. So this is a plea from me. Get them in. Because I know that's what we say next, but still, you, you need prompting, you need poking, you people. Now, Lucy, here's the formal bit. If anybody would like to, sit, to send us in a dum-de-dum, Lucy, how can that be done? 
If you would like to sing us Dumpty Dum, or leave us a plot prediction, then call us on 0203-0313105 or leave us a message on SpeakPipe. Thank you to Cosmo for his podcast Yay. roundups, to Mike Hatton for his character counts, Boom. to Shambridge for her voices, Yay. and to Derek the Lone in the Back Bedroom. Uh, Derek messed up Valentine's Day completely as he splashed out on a negligee for Auntie Cardboard, which only added on five minutes. <laughs> That's filthy. That's filthy. It's <laughs> funny. What do you mean? <laughs> and I could see the gag coming from the... <laughs> well oh, Lucy, this is going to be one of those shows. On this week's episode, we hear views from Iris, Merlin, Witherspoon, Paul, Glyn, Andrew, and Red Agnes. But first, folks, before all of that, call Rinner a goodness. It's our Juicy Loose and a filthy week in Ambridge. <laughs> This week in Ambridge was brought to you by a huge question. The question that is hanging over the village like the sword of Damocles. No, not what is Johnny on. Not how will Yakult react to the news that he may be having a mini yoplay. It is <laughs> which one of the cast was asked to play Costanza the Llama in the opening scene of The Omnibus. Royfield, this is your cue. Oh, wait, wait a minute. Oh, sorry. Yes. Good girl, Constanza. <laughs> that was a person. My money is on Susie Riddell, who plays Tracy Horribin. As it sounded distinctly Tracy-ish, it could possibly have been Neil Carter, as he frequently makes llama noises, particularly after chilli. But my money is still on Tracy. What it did not sound like was a llama. Three years at drama school and you end up playing an invisible llama, eh? What a life. Anyway... <laughs> As well as uh, Llama Drama, we heard Lindy Bottom and Robert negotiating some magic time. Let's take the Blackbird's example, whispered Linda coyly to Robert. You go and sit up that tree and I'll crap on the car. <laughs> Spearmint's died. Can I just say, I know I don't interrupt you anymore, right? But that's actually a very good Linda impression you just did. <laughs> I really think Harriet could be pensioned off. Anyway, as you were, Freeman, as you were. Carry on, carry on. Spearmint has died. Did anyone tell us? No. However, that does explain how the bull managed to provide rump steak so competitively for their Valentine's Day meal. Tracy Horribins had a hoof in it, but Roman was fine as he'd picked the braised peacock. We spent a lot of time with Yakult this week. Yakult is the world's most literal man and he is rapidly becoming one of my favourite people in Ambridge. He's like the Terminator in latex gloves. He doesn't say... I've just got some work to finish off. He says, I have tasks to be completed back at the office. He is so literal. I'm surprised he hasn't gone completely meta and said, you know, you're not actually in a barn, don't you, David? You're standing in front of a microphone in Birmingham. And so am I. And then his head would fly off <laughs> the metaphysical complexity. But the best bit was hearing him talk about fat animals. In these days of acute sensitivity, Yakult's plain speaking is hugely refreshing and gives me a vicarious thrill. If this was Alistair, he'd be saying, I think, Elizabeth, Cranford Crystal may be experiencing slightly higher levels of adiposity than we'd like. But Yakult, <laughs> no, he's like, Mrs, your horse is a tub of lard. Lay off the hobnobs, Chunky. She's got laminitis. <laughs> which is the horsey equivalent of those old ladies that wear slippers with all their feet bulging out over the top. Cranford Crystal was showing other signs of obesity. 
like an enlarged crest and a stable covered in Greg's sausage roll crumbs. She needs therapeutic <laughs> shoes. Dr. Scholl, maybe. There was a big panic at Brooker's as they thought they might have Neospora and Leptospirosis. That was either what the Brookfield cows might have had or the names of Linda Snell's grandchildren. I wasn't listening. But... As Alistair was there, I am presuming it was some sort of revolting disease. Anyway, he took the opportunity to try and flog them a health care package. Poor old Al. He's not quite got the hang of this selling lark. Shouting, sorry, sorry, don't worry, no, shouldn't have said anything. And smashing himself over the head with his own briefcase <laughs> in contrition like Basil Fawlty. Will not cut much ice with anyone else, but naturally it went down a storm with David and Ruth, who like a bit of sectionable behaviour, so they signed up straight away. <laughs> Yakult's only tip, apart from just be as good as me, was that Doug from Lovell James has a fondness for choral music. I'm not sure whistling Monteverdi on his way in is going to make up for the fact that Alistair has made two sales in one year. He's not exactly <laughs> Glen Gary, Glen Ross, is he? Um, Alice reappeared so she could be wildly indiscreet about Kate's putative baby for plotical reasons. I don't want to be one of those blokes always banging on about babies, said Chris, banging on about babies. Shut up, Chris, she said. It'll happen when it happens. Or when I stop putting chemical castration drugs in your cottage pie. Uh, Freddie and Ben are spending Valentine's Day together in a meatpacking warehouse. There are discounts if you bring 12 people and your own poppers in a cage. There was also, unfortunately, one of those moments that makes your inside go all funny with embarrassment. It was when Freddie shouted, Then we get down to some serious clubbing. Oh, I'm sorry, that's made my stomach go again. Uh, shock horror news. <laughs> Josh has got to keep the heads hen business going. Single-handed, single-handed for the love of God. Let them out, feed them, collect the eggs, chase them round a bit, get them back in. Go to bed. Repeat. He's got fucking all else to do. Now he's stopped ram-raiding cash machines. I'm sure he can cope with a bit of warm straw. And in other news, Neil Carter irons his underpants. Of all the characters in the Archers to iron his underpants, Neil would be the very one to do it. And he would be the most unwilling to talk about it. Yeah, would just go... <coughs> when, no, when asked about it. And would absolutely do them himself, partly because I bet you any money... He likes putting them on when they're still a little bit warm from the iron. I bet it gives him a little secret smile that cheers him up every morning. I love Neil. Worryingly, Emma Grundy and Gavin are getting on well. My God, if this works out, can you imagine the scale of the wedding? I want a 20-foot cake, Gavin, and when you cut into it, I want birds of paradise to fly out of it, and one of them has to land on my finger with a ring with a diamond so big I won't be able to wear it without it giving me a hernia. <laughs> right or love, I'll just ask my dad. Well, never let it be said the Archers is predictable. I mean, has Brexit had a mention? Barely. Coronavirus? Not a sausage. Nationwide weather crisis last year? Not a yip out of them. New 50p piece? All over it like a rush. And of course... We had Valentine's Day japes at the ball. Jolene described her ideal man, which appeared to be Terry Wogan on a Honda. Tracy told Ember about the three Fs, which, according to Tracy, were fit, fun and financially solvent. In reality, in Ambridge, they are farmer, fuckwit and family. And in many cases, all three at once. Over at the stables, Freddie did bits with Auntie Shula. <clears throat> only people who watch Love Island will get that so that will be no one Shula chatted away to Freddie and about Johnny and his self-image 
it's funny the way people see themselves, she said. I mean, I think of myself as a petite size eight, but according to Yakult, I'm a right heifer and a half. Uh, Ben had a chat with Hootie in the orchard and declared his intention of not going away to university. Even Hootie, who starts hyperventilating if one of her children goes to Penny Hassett, said, you don't want to go to Felpersham, surely? Ben, go. Run like the four horsemen of the apocalypse are chasing you. Otherwise, you'll end up with a 2-2 in sewing machines and you'll be asked to take over the bloody hens. And the bloody nonsense about the bull name change limps on. It's war, said Jolene. It's not war, Jolene. It's actually more futile than war. And yes, war kills people, but this is just making us want to kill people. Now the scriptwriters have spent decades getting us to like Linda. Or maybe endure her would be a happier choice of word. She's infuriating, but she does have a genuinely good heart. Uh, Why in the world would she now be going quite so demented to the extent of actually trying to ruin a local business by posting horrible reviews? And leaving that aside, assuming she'd have had enough of a personality transplant to do that, why would she then sign the horrible review of the event she hadn't been to with a fake name that she's used before, that everyone knows is her and is an anagram of her own name? It's not war, Jolene. War occasionally has a point. But there are a lot of very fed-up foot soldiers here who are not prepared to go to the trenches for more of these patronising bloody storylines. The end. Lucy? Yes? That really tickled me this week. <laughs> <laughs> you probably heard I was roaring along <laughs> at points with that. Well done. Thank you very much. Ooh, I've got the clap. Marvellous. I, I, I really needed that. I've, ha- I've had a morning, Lucy. Oh, have I've you? had a morning. So I needed that pick-me-up. Oh, yeah. I've been going through the back catalogue of Andy Weatherall. Oh. Um, yeah, just like somebody who slightly in the background of my life because when he made it big, I was at college and I was kind of DJing and stuff. And I must admit, I didn't quite appreciate him at first off. I thought, hmm, he's making house music a bit white because back then it was still a bit of a black, uh, gay, soulful thing. But when he did Loaded... And I must admit, uh, his remix of Only Love Can Break Your Heart by St. Etienne, I completely got on the Andy Weatherall train. I went, OK, get it, understand it now. And, uh, yeah, just very sad that somebody who's so influential and most people won't really know his name unless you're of a certain age, um, that he's passed so relatively young. Very sad, very sad. So been playing a whole load of Happy Mondays remixes and stuff, which he did this morning, and uh, just feeling a little bit mournful. So I needed my Lucy B. Freeman week in Ambridge Tonic, so thank you for that. Uh, moving swiftly on, um, hmm. Uh, do you want to talk about some stuff? Because um, I said to you before we started the show, I've got naffle notes and I'm just along for the ride. So you talk, <laughs> I'll, I'll follow and I'll press buttons. Well, Let's uh, do it that way. Have you, uh, what have you heard or nothing? Mm, no, I heard the whole, I heard okay. the whole week. 
Um, but it hasn't been underlined and reinforced. It's like when I was having a shower and things like that. Right. You know, and I went, okay, so that happened. I'm so glad mm-hmm. you, said, you said shower then. I was, <laughs> was praising <laughs> something else. Um, yes, uh, uh, it's, that, it's, this, it's this Lillian and Linda thing. I just hate it. I absolutely mm. hate it. I think it is the, one of the worst storylines we've ever had. Linda is annoying, but she's not absolutely mad. She really isn't. Mm. And this, you know, posting fake reviews on a, of an event she didn't go to. I mean, that's frust- I mean, that's malicious. And yeah, that's the word. That is malicious. And, you know, she is not malicious. She's she's awkward and annoying and many other things, but she's not malicious. Um, mm, you're right. And, uh, and, she's, and she can be obsessive. Yeah, but you're completely right. And she wouldn't do it to a local business. She'd be much more creative. Exactly. And ethically, it's just wrong what she did. Yeah. Completely and utterly to write, yeah, that, yeah. to write that review. If she'd you know, gone if to she'd it. Physically if she, sat yeah, there, if she'd gone to it and it would have been awful, then hmm. fine. She'd have been justified. But to, to do it that way, and it's just not Linda. And then hmm. it's like, can, we, can they not just trust us to have a week where somebody isn't in competition with somebody else. Do you know what I mean? Just one sodding well. week. People aren't like that. They're not... I'm not continually pitting myself against someone else for, for you know... Everyone's just got their own lives to be getting on with. There are enough storylines. We don't need these pathetic... Who can, you know, who can grow the biggest marrow? Fair enough. It's vaguely interesting and it's been all amusing. It's been going on for (laughs) decades and there's no way you're going to stop that anyway. So fine. But all this, you know, Lent, who can do this with Lent? Who can do this? You know, who can, um, who can, you know, lose the most weight or give up alcohol for the longest or whatever? Just stop it. I'm with you. I'm with you. It is, it, it is fundamentally... Ambridge to have these competitions and I, and I agree with you Blair and Produce show can I bake a better uh, pie than Jennifer get it right I think that is realistic Bert um, and his marrows yeah and Joe saying you know mine are bigger mine are better yeah got that right but this story for this to be some kind of comp- Competitive thing through this, do you know, change of the name of, of of the ball makes makes no makes no sense at all. No. Right? But the other thing which really foxed me this week, I think I shampooed my hair when when I heard this bit, Lucy, and I went, "What?" Right when they're saying that the ball is completely empty. Yeah. Right now, they've changed the name of the ball. Yeah. And I did read somewhere that somebody said this is complete and utter nonsense because they would have had to change so yeah. much stuff. You know, the registration, especially of the business, because it's, this because that, it's listed as well. You can't just do things exactly, like that. exactly, exactly. So thank you for for person that pointed that out on whatever bit of dum de dum media that you posted that, right? But wouldn't the locals just be well? We're still going to go and have our drink there, but we'll just call it the bull. Yeah. I don't understand why people would actually stop going. Well, because it's Linda's threatened they've them, ripped... apparently, but no one takes any notice of what Linda does. Linda, you know. Well, 
Unless it's the panto season. But it's not as if they've... Um, Lillian has gone in there and ripped out all the old furniture and, like, painted it day-glow orange. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, yeah. it's still it's the physically same the same place. Yeah. They've not altered a thing, right? So so what, that the name has changed? Also, still just... we haven't heard anything about the the name coming down from outside... The, um, what's it called? The thing outside that hangs up and tells you what the name of a pub is. The sign? But yeah, sign? That sounds too simplistic. I'm sure there's some weird archive <laughs> word for it anyway, which no doubt 77 people will message us about. But anyway, that thing. Um, they haven't taken that down and they haven't put the new name up. So this is all in, this is all, you know, hypothetical at the moment. Mm. Oh, it's so Make, makes stupid. no sense. To me. Makes no sense to me. Stupid. Makes no sense to me. Though, um, how did you feel about the whole Freddie and Johnny thing? Um, with Linda thinking, well, it's drugs. Blah blah mm. blah. I was again disappointed in Linda because she is somebody that believes in rehabilitation, but she is a massive jobs worth. So I'm supposed. That makes sense that she would do that. But. Well, but no, she gave Freddie enough of a chance to say, well, actually, no, it wasn't what you think it was. This is what it was. But Freddie is defending his yeah. cousin once removed, wasn't he? Yeah. His pal, his cousin. Yeah. So I, 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 I wouldn't really knock Linda there. You know, Freddie's come with a little bit of form. She sees something dodgy. Yeah. She sees a little bag of pills being passed around and whatever. And then Freddie runs off. I'd I'd think, well, Freddie, come on. I, I, I'd i be on the... Which, which led to the immortal line. The Freddie train. There's mm. more than one toilet at Gay Grable's, which is... <laughs> 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 and also, Freddie wouldn't say toilet because he's a partridge. He would say loo. Anyway, carry on. Yes. <laughs> Let's bloody hope so. Is it a hotel? It's it would be hellishly difficult if there was only one. (laughs) So then, so right. So we had the Johnny and the Freddy thing, and what else did we have last week before we go into quarter inners? Because I I said I've got no notes here. Uh, Yakult finding out that he may be oh crumbs giving birth to a little baby bell. Yes. Well, the one bit of your most excellent monologue, which I did disagree with, and I did say this in real time, is you said that Neil would be the only character who would iron his underpants. I don't know. No, I think Jacob, he would iron his underpants. No, he wouldn't because he'd think it was a waste of time because nobody saw them, so it didn't matter. He would fold them up very neatly and he would work out the optimum tumble dryer spin to get them to come out without creases, but he wouldn't iron them. (laughs) But he doesn't like any creases or wrinkles in... Well, he doesn't want any wrinkles in his life, full stop. Yeah. It's all about control and having things perfectly presented. It is. On the outside, yeah. But I, but he's also... He's, he's a rationalist. He's absolutely rational. And he would think, what was but, the but, point of ironing something that no one saw except him? Hmm. So, would he have grubby underwear then? I say no. Not grubby, say no. no. No, 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 no. He'd, he'd go for no hygiene. No one's going to see absolutely. them, Lucy. Lucy, no one's going to see them. 
So you no, can but... have greying old wife fronts. <laughs> and I say no. He wouldn't. They'd be pristine and white. Yes, no, they would, but they wouldn't be ironed because he wouldn't. He would see that the ironing them is a waste of time. And he's mm. all about time efficiency, isn't he? I did love that exchange between him and Robert Snell when he said... It was uh, when, when Robert came in and said, oh, we really loved it when you played whatever it was. Was it Hail the Conquering Hero or something? And he said, yes, thank you very much for coming in to tell me that you liked my organ playing. And then he said, um, yes, and... Um, I said, do you remember what you played? He said, yes, it was two days ago. How would I have forgotten? <laughs> he just absolutely, he's one of those awful people that when you're trying to ingratiate yourself and you can just see them and, and they know that you know what they want and you know that they know that oh, and it's awful and you just sort of feel like going, I'm so sorry and just slinking out. <laughs> I, I do think it was well played and quite touching the scene with him and Alistair and you got Alistair, you know, sitting down with him and saying something's up because in effect, Jacob, you've been yourself times three. Yeah. And it's just too much now. Yes. <laughs> really. yeah. Nobody could deal with that. Yeah. And um, as, you know, as a, as a bloke who has uh, had fatherhood thrust upon him, um, I found that quite, quite touching and, uh, quite a believable um scene and i i remember when uh, when th- fatherhood was thrust upon me uh my cousin s- s- sat me down and gave gave me pearls of wisdom uh, it was which your cousin dissimilar he sat me down and handheld me through okay. through the thing no i thought you meant the no, person who got pregnant was your own cousin that was would have no, been a, no, another no, story no, completely no. No, no, I'm not a bit of European royalty circa the 1700s. <laughs> I forget which king of Spain it was, Charles the whatever. I'm going to say Charles the Eighth. The Habsburgs, you know about the Habsburgs. So yeah. they're, 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 they come from Austria and then... Well, they all the died of, of tertiary syphilis or something, didn't they? Because they kept shagging each other. Well, he was in totally infertile. He couldn't walk until the age of five... Because right. he was just so developmentally and physically delayed. Um, he couldn't eat without food falling out of his mouth. And you look back at his family tree and it is cousins, 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 cousins. It's utterly dreadful, utterly dreadful. Well, uh, and th- can I tell you my hmm? cousin's story? Uh-oh, what? You slept uh, with your cousin? Yeah! I used to work <laughs> at an extremely prestigious private hospital. Uh, which was frequented by members of a royal family uh, that came from Middle East. That's all I'm going to say about that. And um, Those Bahrainis, they're always doing it with their cousins. They they used to, as tips for the nurses... As tips for the nurses, they would... um, Saudis. They'd give them um, Rolexes. It's the Saudis. And uh, they had to. The, the hospital had to issue a protocol saying, "Will you the patients are not allowed to give uh, nurses gifts worth more than ten thousand mm-hmm. pounds because they would just keep giving them Rolexes all the time." So all the nurses would squabble over who was going to have. Anyway, the, it was a cardiac specialising hospital, and the vast, vast, vast majority of our patients were babies 
that came in mm. and they had huge cardiac problems. They were what's called blue babies when they don't get enough oxygen because their mm. hearts are the wrong way around or whatever. And it was because they were all products of marriages between first cousins. Step cousins first, step stepchildren first cousins, all that sort of thing. And uh, the, yeah, it was really, really mm. awful. Really awful. And I wonder if I can say this. Oh, well, I'll give it a go. Of course you can. Um, you had Boris Becker last week, so anything goes on this podcast. <laughs> He's not sued us yet. <laughs> uh, what would happen was that the, both parents would come over with the baby. The baby was usually sort of uh, four or five months old. Um, mm. The mother would then return to her country uh, to be with her other children. She normally had many other children back at home. And and she would leave the baby and say to the father, you know, you have to, he needs feeding, then, 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 and blah, 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 blah. And uh, the um, father would then nick off to Soho and spend every day uh, in sex shops in Soho while the nurses bottle-fed his critically ill baby. Yes. Was it, was it the Amani royal family? <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you off, like. Um, and... They also used to, they had the most enormous stretch limo cars, bulletproof with bulletproof windows. And um, our, our um, porter used to have to go out and move people on where they parked where they, in the ambulance bays. And uh, he knocked, went, trotted down the steps. There was this enormous, ridiculous car parked outside. And he trotted down the front steps of the hospital and rapped uh, kind of um, smartly on the window. And the window slowly slid down and he found himself staring down the barrel of a sawed-off shotgun. And he said, it's fine, part where you like, <laughs> and pegged it back up the steps again. <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of them had um, diplomatic immunity as well. So they could sort of, yeah, they, they, just, they just absolutely treated London and everything else like a playground because nobody ever told them they couldn't do exactly what they wanted to do. So they did. Hmm. When did you work there? Was oh, after years uni or something? ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. You've been about a bit, haven't you? I have. I've been around, Royford. Hmm. All right. Well, more on that later after <laughs> we have a little bit of this. Hello, Ambridge three nine six two. Mm. Right, so uh, indispersed with uh, Lucy's stories of how she's been about a bit, uh, we'll have some caller interaction. Uh, let's start in Germany. Crumbs. I was about to say West Germany. Showing my age there. It's Iris. <laughs> Hello, Lucy, Roy Field, Hello. everybody in Dumpty Dum Land. This is Iris from Germany again. Um, I'm really glad that I got through via Speakpipe, so I'm just doing it again. I think the first time didn't work because I tried my landline and uh, I wanted to become a patron and that was too complicated all in all. Anyway, now <laughs> I'm a second time caller in a rawrin and I have to get something off my chest today before uh, I can comment on current situations. I'm a week late anyway, so yes, yeah, start with this. I don't like Kirsty. Ooh. I know we're supposed to like Kirsty, and I know why, because she's just really nice and intelligent and a tough woman and everything. But 
for me she's too insecure being bossed around even by feeble Helen I can't stand it now she is running around Gavin that Gavin bloke and I'm afraid that something's going to go on between them when Gavin wants something he's going to get it I can't stand it sorry Kirsty don't like you hmm. yeah well <laughs> on that a little bit sad note thanks for everything and having me on the show and hear you next time bye 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 you know what what I loved about Iris's call what? even though I fundamentally disagree with the, the overall content of it love me some crusty she called herself a caller in or a rin yeah. So she's put a gender in. <laughs> oh, I like that. Well done. That's very clever, Iris. Very clever. It's one of the many reasons why I could never get behind German when I was at school. It's oh, all the, the worst in the class. All these gender yeah. endings. and Well, I know every language on the planet does it apart from no, English. No, but it's all but the it's cases. The, gen- plur- the dative, nominative, genitive. Oh, my God. Yes. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, that's a that's a bombshell from Iris. Uh, well, Iris. But, but, I... but you know what? To be fair to Iris, right? To be fair to Iris, the majority of us Kirsty lovers are Kirsty lovers of old, aren't we? When yeah, she was yeah, younger yeah. and kind of footloose, fancy free, spunky, well, spunky she, got, she got Tom arrested, Iris, and you know. Anybody that puts Sausage Boy behind bars is a good thing by me, as far as I'm (laughs) concerned. She's mellowed a lot. And although she's still very feisty about... I was going to say, is she frightened of confrontation? But I don't think she is, because she will... Like, she confronted uh, Brian, she's had a pop at Jennifer, she's... You know, she does stand up for herself, but it seems to be family things, like... She doesn't. She didn't want to confront her mum with the fact that she didn't want all those people at her wedding. She didn't want to confront. Uh, she didn't want Gavin and Philip. To, she just sort of peace. She's a peacemaker, which which sits. I agree. It sits oddly with her kind of uh, firebrand image. So I'm not really sure whether that conciliatory side of her was always there or it's come out more now. I don't know. I don't know. But. Um, yeah, it, the, the whole Kirsty and Gavin thing is is really worrying, and I really hope that doesn't happen. A because it's predictable, and B because he's just awful. Um, but yes, I completely agree, Iris. I, if if I was coming to Kirsty now, as you were saying, Roy, if, if I was coming to Kirsty now, I would think, oh God, why are you taking advice from Helen? But I suppose mm. there's a lot of history there that we have to take into consideration. Yeah. Also, she shot down Rob. Remember. Yeah. You know, she yeah, yeah, she yeah. took down the yeah. evil the evil yeah. Rob. You know, she went yeah. up against Darth Vader and she won. Yeah. So um so she's got a lot of credit in our emotional bank balances there, Iris. But if you're a Johnny come lately or uh, uh what what's the what's the German word for Johnny? Johan? Johannes. Uh, Johannes come lately. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> a bit like, Oh, who is this woman? Right, so uh but thank you for being a second time caller in or a rin and uh, and keep it up. <laughs> keep it up, my German friend. Uh, now, um, we'll have a touch of Merlin, then we'll go back to Lucy putting it about a bit. Here's Merlin first, though. Hello, everyone in Dumpty Dumland. This is Merlin. I'm... 
currently in Ohio for a change. It's minus six, feeling like minus 14 out there, so there's no way I'm leaving my hotel room, so I thought I'd give you a call instead. First off, Iris blaming me for the voice. I was shocked to hear that. (laughs) Now, I do admit I spent a whole year hiding gnomes in my parents' garden. Gnomes and statues (laughs) of animals when they weren't around. And feigned complete ignorance when they rang me. So for a whole year they had no idea and were very confused. But I did not ring in with a false voice. (laughs) Tempting idea, though. Anyway... Iris, I agree the problems with SpeakPipe. I cannot record SpeakPipe on my iPhone. It starts and then it cuts me out. Oh. So it works on the iPad. It works even better if I'm using the computer and my uh, big mic for my podcast. But the iPhone is a complete waste of time. Onto the Archers itself. I said a few weeks ago the Archers was on steroids. I was proven right. Not quite the way I was expecting. Although at the beginning of this week, I was thinking, ah, Johnny's probably on steroids, as I'm sure loads of other people were. And again, they've rushed through the story. They could have dragged that out much longer. So there's a pity. And then finally, Emma and Gavin. What a combo that would be. We'll have to wait and see on that one. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm. Well, we can't really comment on the, um, on the Johnny storyline because there have been developments shall we say, Mm -hmm. wiggles eyebrows uh, mysteriously. Um, What do you think about Gavin and Emma? Somebody said that Gavin would continue with Emma and then he would hurt her, you know, either physically or emotionally, or he'd be be unpleasant to her, and Ed would save her, thus getting them back together again. I think this is, yeah, all just a mechanism to get Ed sniffing around her again. Can you not? Uh, That sounds horrible. Sniffing uh, around her. Yuck. I hate that phrase. I actually thought it was going to be a Christmas get together. Yeah, me too. Our Ed. Yeah. yeah. I thought Christmas time perfect, especially as it was, um, you had, you know, Joe just passed last year and you could see the Grundies all sat round. Uh, you know, reminiscing, and all you needed was was Emma to to pop over and drop one of the kids up or whatever, and you know Ed just to say, well, just come in, don't just you know be yeah. stood on the doorstep type of thing. Perfect. Or as, right. as as Humphrey Littleton says, don't just stand there; you must be freezing. Go away. <laughs> <laughs> so surely, because I think. I think there's been just about enough breadcrumb trails to us to realise that Ed and Emma are for the long term. Or maybe this is wishful thinking on my part, I don't know. But I think, I think, I think Gavin is there for Ed to see her just having nice little friendly chats and whatever with somebody else and him going, aye, aye. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I, I need to step up here. You know, I feel I feel a wooziness in my tum tum. I can't have this happen. I can't have this. You know, I can't see this happen in front of me. I think that's the reason why Gavin. I cannot conceive of how they could actually end up together um, in reality. Though you know, those the conversation that um, Emma had. You know, but always oh, really nice just to talk to somebody and there'd be no pressure and all this kind of stuff. You know, we all. You, 
after a breakup, you know, we all go through that. There's nothing, nothing like just talking to somebody and just feeling light and airy again. Mm. But, but not with that shit bag. No. No, no, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's just uh, you know. Hmm. Uh, what, what else did Merlin chat about other than uh, the chill factor and whatever? Well, the fact that he filled his parents' house with gnomes. Well, th- this is where you take over because this sounds like a middle class pursuit to me so, so <laughs> it makes no sense to me no, it's just so that they keep popping up and you don't know who's doing it and you know people get very very protective over their gardens and to suddenly have there is a very well there's a story about I've, i'm sure this is apocryphal but i'll tell it anyway everyone could go oh for god's sake lucy fast forward through this bit um there's a uh, Neighbours that live, I was going to say, neighbours that live next door to each other. Duh, yes, of course. And uh, one of them has uh, a dog and the other one has a pet rabbit. And um, the golden retriever's out in the garden and it comes to the back door and it's holding a very dead uh, pet rabbit in its mouth. And the poor owner of the dog just goes absolutely bananas. I mean, this thing is bedraggled. It's, you know covered in dirt it just looks you know there's it, there's no way it, it's kind of not irrevocably kaput uh owner completely panics <clears throat> gets the rabbit washes it shampoos it blow dries it <laughs> waits for dark and then sneaks the rabbit back into the hutch again so that hopefully the little child owner in the morning will open the hutch in the morning and say come along tiddles what's happened to Tiddles and realises that the rabbit's (laughs) dead so no she's waiting all day for the knock on the door from the neighbour nothing happens nothing happens nothing happens she thinks oh thank god for that you know hopefully it's they've just thought it died in its sleep or something anyway she sees the neighbour in the front garden in a few days time and she says um, the neighbour says to her do you know the weirdest thing happened (laughs) and the the neighbour's like oh shit so she said oh no what was it she said well our rabbit died and we buried it. Next day, it's back in the hutch. <laughs> oh, well done, you. Well done, you. Right. Next oh. caller. Uh, next caller, did you say? Yes, I did. Oh, all right then. Uh, it's the lower est, uh, the lower west east side in Upper Lower Brooklyn, Manhattan, Queens. Greetings, Lucy Royfield, Millie Bell, Yoko Bear, and all Dumpty Dumbers around the world. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here. A tad disappointed that my call last week didn't make it on air. This oh. is my disappointed face. And funny enough, the call actually offered support to Royfield. I agreed with our host about understanding (laughs) Ruth's upset with Josh. He's 22 now, not a kid, and his corner cutting put the farm at risk. I posed these questions to Royf and Lucy in our Dumpty Dum universe. What if David was the one hard on Josh and Ruth was the more kind and supportive one? Would we be so critical of David's parenting? For those who thought Ruth wrong, yes. is this a case of subtle gender bias? Please ponder. Last week, I also had a thought about Neil accepting the outside manager job. 
Maybe it's to set up Hannah screwing up big time in her new position and then not being able to pin the blame on Neil. Well, more of a wish than a thought. Last week, I also became concerned about the potential for Johnny abusing steroids, but it happened all too quickly, and based on the nuances of the argument between Johnny and Freddie, I wasn't convinced it was steroid abuse. Johnny was saying, you don't know what you're doing when Freddie was throwing the pills out. Perhaps Johnny is ill, and that's why he is obsessed with building up his body, or perhaps it is back to the obvious theory that his low self-esteem and the repercussions of the breakup are leading to this obsession with bodybuilding and steroid abuse. Oh, I don't know. So kudos to the scriptwriters for making me confused. Finally, I believe that Kate is pregnant. It supports my theory that the scriptwriters are looking for ways to repopulate Ambridge with archers for the next <laughs> hundred years. Talk to you soon. Um, I, I'll not, just quickly go first. She's not an archer. Uh, she's an Aldridge. Well, but she's half an archer. Her mum was born an archer, oh, yeah. remember? I honestly thought, Mr. Mister Spoon, that your call went up last week. As yeah. I, I th- did, did, did it not? I thought it did. I can't remember what I did yesterday, trying to remember what we called in last week. I did did hear it, so, hmm. I I have said this before, but I'll just say it again. If you send in a call to dum-de-dum and you don't get on, invariably, there, there is absolutely no malice. It's just sloppy admin on my part. Um... Without wanting to, to, to bore all the listeners, um, I just look at look at the, the, the backlog of calls and it says one day, two days, three days. It says a week. If it says one week, then I discount it because we do this weekly thinking that it was last week's, uh, it went on last week's show. And what sometimes happens is because we don't strictly... We, Every week we produce a dum de dum, but sometimes there's a seven or an eight day gap that I think that's why sometimes uh, the odd call will, will be missed because I'll think, well, it was on last week's show. So it, it's because of the way that um, it tabulates. It goes one day, two days, three days, and it is a week. And then you have a whole co- load of calls which are a week old and then two weeks old. And so it's just bad admin on, on my part. So don't ever think that you've been um it's it's the content of your calls the reason why you've not got on i think in all of the 300 and odd episodes we've done of this show i think we've stopped somebody put putting somebody's call up all of maybe three or four times because of the content of it thought it was um either um you know anyway it doesn't it doesn't happen that fundamentally we go that shit we're not putting it up so it's my fault I'll take it in the neck. Sorry, Mr. Spoon. And you're completely right. Josh did do that dressing down from his mother. Because, as you said, he's a grown-up. And he's putting the whole business and the whole livelihoods at risk. Uh, but I think-, I think we would have been as rough on David as we were on um, Ruth. Because my view was that, and is, that when your child has massively messed up and is clearly terrified if you make them so if you crush them too much they will just stop talking to you and they will never tell you that they're in trouble and that's when you're in trouble i think 
So yeah, that's what mm. I felt that Ruth did, and I would have done the same if um, uh, if if it had been David. But in terms of being hard on Josh, David has been in the past. He's always yes. been, he's very sniffy about his business anyway. Um, him not pulling his weight around the farm. It's always been David that's been, you know, in Josh's face, so to speak, in that regard. Yeah. So I I think in, in this instance, Mr. Spoon, I, I don't think I agree with you either. I, I think this is a, a gender neutral situation, really. Um, but hey, um, I'm, we're here to be proved wrong and I get proved wrong uh, quite often on this show anyway lucy so we've had three calls um where else have you put it about a bit well let me just email uh, read you this email um hopefully this will work because i need to play if i play something on my computer will it come out on skype will skype be able to hear it uh, probably because it's, it's your microphone isn't it so let's try okay uh, well this is from uh, pete um pete sarah and eddie the dumpty dog who are surviving Storm Kira on Brighton Beach, she says. Um, and he says, uh, a bit weird, but not only is the storm named after an archer's character, but spelled differently, but this shipping forecast sounds like he's being presented by Kate Archer. And he's not far wrong. Let me play it to you and see what you think. Roy, tell me if you can hear it. All areas except Trafalgar. The general stops oh, us at midnight. Low, southeast Iceland, 960, losing its identity by midnight tonight. The area forecast for the next 24 hours. Viking, west, 6 to Gaelic. I can see it. I can, I can hear what he means. Me but she's got a flat, that, that announced, that continuity lady has got a flat A, which Kate doesn't have. Um, but what she has is, they both have what's called vocal creak or vocal fry. That kind of yes. Kim Kardashian-y. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like, they both got yeah. that and Kate's got that madly. So I think that's why it comes. But the beginning bit sounded very, very Kate. I know exactly what you mean. And if you were a storm-tossed fisherman bobbing around <laughs> in the channel, would you really want to take any advice from Kate Archer, uh, Kate Aldridge, on Maricani. where the next... <laughs> Where the, well, whatever. Where the next bloody storm was coming from. I'd be absolutely terrified. I'd be paddling for home, I think. But anyway, yes. <laughs> storm tossed. Well done. Uh, all right. So uh, thank you for that little interlude. I see the way, I like the way you're just deflecting. I'm like, so where else have you, have you been? Have you, have you put it about a bit? And it's just like <laughs> everything to deflect. Here's a random email with a bit of audio <laughs> and whatever. But we will... <laughs> <laughs> we will investigate this before the end of the show, Freeman. But that's after we've had a touch of Red Agnes. Hi, Lucy. Royfield and Dumpty Dummers out there. It's Red Agnes here. <clears throat> you made 17 friends from our uh, oh, samba yeah. drumming group, Blocco Mente, last week by putting their, well, our ramshackle performance onto the start of the programme. They loved it. They couldn't understand why I wanted a crap version and not a good version, but I think they've got it now. <laughs> uh, so thank you very much. 17 new Dumpty Dummers in fold there, which is a Brucey bonus. Um, Wednesday's episode with Ben and Hootie was nauseating yeah. and shite in equal measure. <laughs> just made me reflect on how I used to listen to the archers followed by Dumpty Dum. Now, sometimes I have to endure the archers to better enjoy my Dumpty Dum experience. <laughs> this is probably a good thing, and I think it's a subtle ploy by YouTube to just twist out tiny minds. 
Anyway, look after everybody and we'll see you again next week. Bye. Mm. Liked it, didn't you, you soppy old git? You know me so well. Yeah. You know me so well. Did you cry? I didn't cry. You did, didn't you? I didn't you? cry, but I love... I love... But you went, ah, at the end. I love callbacks to old characters. I love yeah. that. It makes me realise that I am... It reminds me that I'm listening to a multi-generational drama. Yeah. And it, it's something which you don't get from watching EastEnders. You don't. And, and and with this, you do. There are grandpa and great-grandma, etc. And I'm also somebody who comes from a culture where um, your, your elders and remembering them is a key important part of your family. You know, I know my cousins. When I got married, I had the descendants of my grandparents... Um, there were over a hundred, I think, a hundred and ten of descendants of my grandparents and their brothers and sisters. I said to the woman that I was going to marry, I said, "Right, my family is much bigger than yours." She, Brace yourself. <laughs> <laughs> my family is much bigger than yours, but I have to invite the relatives and descendants of my grandparents because. Otherwise, there's going to be family ructions. And it came to 110. Bearing in mind, bearing in mind that half of my family couldn't come because they're in Canada, America and Jamaica. Right. So even then, that was Parman, you know. So this was just the Birmingham lot, was it? Just the UK lot. The UK lot. Because I've got family <gasps> in London. So for me, when I hear a scene like that, it touches me. I sat down on my grandmother's knee in in Jamaica in 1974, and she told me stories of her father and what he had done, etc. And then we walked out, and um, we saw his grave on the family plot just behind the house. So, did I cry? No. Did it mean something to me? Absolutely, and it connects with me. And mm. I love all of that. And Ben is a good soul. Mm. Yeah, he is, He's actually. He's a good soul. I will kill him last, I think. He's a good soul. Yes. And yeah. he is going to... Uh, the story of how that farm gets passed on is between him and Pip. You know, that, that's very obvious. Pip mm. is dedicated uh, to Brookfield. Uh, and so is Ben. And... I want to see how that plays out because when I first started listening to it, the not that the the, the dynamic between uh, Josh and uh, David was as bad as it was between Phil and David. It wasn't. But there was that immediate generational clash. And then you have, you know, the grandparents with, with, with the grandchildren and the fact that they kind of coalesce. And listen... I, I loved it. Yes, I'm a sentimentalist. Yes, I'm soppy. Yes, I like Horlicks. I like all these things. And I just thought, Red Agnes, it was beautifully done in like a bit of a desert of uh, storylines where I, I don't really care for. 
But I just thought that I was I suppose touching. it didn't half highlight the choppiness of the storylines that we're having now. There you go. The kind of the um the the, the two minute, you know, uh the nonsense about the beer ambridge, the you know, somebody getting somebody managing to take find a drug take a drug become addicted to a drug and presumably give up a drug within a fortnight again you know it's another one like ed's crack addiction um you know it, it and the lot we've had lots and lots and lots of very short snappy done and dusted in a in a fortnight um uh, storylines and like you know gav's putative wedding and all that stuff and now when you look at something like that it does take you back to a much slower pace i think where storylines were allowed to build up over time and characters were formed not plonked ready made on us hmm. i yeah uh, just on the whole johnny thing i think mm. we've been a little bit we're not being fair to to the script writers and to the plotting all of this and we're saying that you know he has this addiction kind of overnight he and bella split up before christmas some t- uh, yeah, a month or so before christmas and just mm. because he hasn't been on mic uh doesn't mean that uh he ceased to exist but th- no but this gym stuff has all been very recent hasn't it yeah, it's also the start of the year. So it would make sense mm, that yeah. he's gone to the gym and become obsessed with it uh, quite quickly. It's gym time of the year. So yeah, I, yeah. Mm, I shouldn't say too more about, about the Johnny thing because I know there is a caller in or a later who, um, who next even, who um, I somewhat disagree with. Let's do that. Let's speak to, let's have Andrew Horn speak uh, I'll throw my two pennies worth in. You'll probably do the same. And then you'll tell us where else you put it about a bit. Greetings, Earthlings. It's Andrew Horn here with uh, two brief thoughts and uh, an announcement. Um, I was interested with uh, Emma talking to Gavin in the bar and wondering just what they were talking about. And it did occur to me that maybe Emma was giving Gavin some advice on how to deal with uh, with affairs of the heart and uh, and his fiancée. And I wondered whether she suggested that what he should actually do was um, crack onto her sister, uh, presuming that, he's, that the fiancée's got a sister. It worked for Emma. Might work for Gavin, too. <laughs> um, second thought is about Johnny. I'd... I, it's another character that's gone through uh, a transformation that I just don't don't believe. He was he was the most sorted, the most sensible of the young generation uh, in in Ambridge, and I just don't buy this um, this Jim and steroids storyline. Um, and poor old Freddie getting caught as collateral. Um, but it's the Johnny bit that that, um, that that annoys me in that story. It just doesn't make sense to me. And finally, the announcement is for your diaries. Um, anyone in in reach of London or who can arrange their work diaries to be in London on April the 2nd, that's a Thursday, um, there will be London drinks that Dusty and I are organising uh, somewhere central-ish, uh, 6 o'clock 
onwards on Thursday, April the 2nd. More details as we have them. And uh, next time we do one, we'll do a Saturday because I know some of you wanted to come up um, from further afield and couldn't make it in the week. But if you're in London, uh, working in London, or if you can arrange your diary to be working in London that day, then uh, (laughs) please plan for that. Speak to you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye, Mr. H. Um, um, I went to my gym the other day, mm-hmm. and normally you can park anywhere, and uh, it was absolutely rammed. And there were people parking in all kinds of places that weren't proper parking spaces and everything. And um, I parked, and I went in, and um, there were two of the, the tennis coaches were in front of me. Uh, no, they're not. The aerobics teachers were in front of me. And... Um, uh, one said to the other one, I couldn't bloody park anywhere. She said, it's completely chocker. And the other one said, yeah, it's January. Wait till February. They'll all be back with the Doritos. We'll have the car park for ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mr. Horn, um, I respectfully disagree with you, sir. Johnny was probably the nicest until Ben came along. And Ben is giving a run for his money on the utterly I'm just a nice human being stakes of the younger characters. But he wasn't necessarily the the most sorted. What Johnny has always had is a massive sense of insecurity and inferiority. Remember, he didn't feel that he was good enough to be a farmer. Whenever he's had any kind of compliment or any kind of promotion, any kind of responsibility, extra responsibility on the farm, he's always massively doubted himself. Massively doubted himself. Remember, we've had Tom say, no, you can, you know, look after the cows. They'll be in good hands. And he always has to be mm. told over and over that he's good enough. You know, he... Maybe because he grew up away from this uh, section of his family, he's never quite felt like he fitted in and he has to try that little bit harder. Um, so, So I massively disagree. It would make sense in terms of a, if it's even a, a word, a plotical kind, kind of way, that he's had his heart crushed and because he comes because he's a natural ball of insecurity anyway for him then to overcompensate that that made complete sense to me Andrew Uh, as I said sir I respectfully disagree with you I am right and you are wrong on this regard Uh, over to you Freeman (laughs) no I agree with you so let's 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 record this and keep it in in, in perpetuity because it's very rare that I completely agree with you and therefore I do not agree with Andrew. So I'm sorry, Andrew. Mm, yes, you is wrong, sir. Um, so April the second, folks, is when there's going to be dumpty dum drinks. So if you can get yourself down to the big smoke, if you live in the big smoke, work in the big smoke, you've got no excuse uh, not to join Andrew and the lovely Dusty and other dumpty dummers in a right royal piss up somewhere in central London. Um, and me, I oh, think. Are you going? Might do, oh, yeah. Well done, well done. Well, well you should. Um, I <laughs> would go, but I won't be in the hemisphere, so I won't be there. Um, however, um, a little note, but you don't have to get your diaries out just yet, but uh, Freeman and I have been talking, and uh, this year's Dum Dum Live will be in London, 
and uh, we're looking towards the end of the summer a Saturday towards the end of the summer kind of end of August September time or so and um, you'll be uh, you'll be pleased to know that we've started negotiation with uh, various negotiations with some of the great and the good uh, the people that act in our docu fuck docu <laughs> 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 and our favourite ducky drama. <laughs> and, what the hell is a docu fuck? Where did that come from? What's even it? I tell you, I tell you what a docu fuck is. Right, love is blind. Have you heard about that? That thing on Netflix no. where yeah, it's a whole bunch of. Uh, uh, young adults who are thrown into some uh, compound and they're allowed to speak to potential love interests through a wall through some kind of um, mirrored thing but they can't actually see them and they couple up but the coupling up has to be that you're going to get married within three days the first couple said they, they've oh, fallen ridiculous. in love and they're going to get married. There is loads of writing about this thing online. I saw a bit of it and it was just, wow. It's just like, what the hell is going on here? But anyway, that that's a docu-fuck. Love is Blind on Netflix. That is not a recommendation from Yay. me to actually go and watch this. And there is no, um, there is no How's Your Father on it and stuff. But it's just... Uh, that uh, take, taking a concept and just, you know, wringing it uh, out for all, all it's worth. Anyway, back on to the archers. Where are we? Oh, yeah. So we're speaking to the great and the good. And um, and they are and, and, and they're probably going to be there. They could be some of the some of the best actors, your favourite actors are going to join us for Dumpty Dum Live and stuff. So, um don't think about... Your favourite actors on The Archers, I mean, not like Judy Dench or anybody. <laughs> Just managing expectations. Is there a world outside of Ambridge, Lucy? That w- no, that's not Okay, true. no. Who is, is there a Judy world anyway? outside yes. of Ambridge and the Marvel Universe? Sorry, I just corrected myself. <laughs> <laughs> that is a weird crossover. <laughs> not really. Not really. No, tights and capes. It's not. You know what it is, right? It's an encapsulated universe. That's what it is, which has its own rules, but it does make sense. And and actually, well, they all do. No, That's no, the most no, successful no, ones too. No, 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 no. They, they don't. They don't. They're not all consistent. And and actually, um, I was chatting to um, one of our most favourite Dumpty Dummers uh, a couple of weeks ago, Auntie Jean. I didn't realise that Auntie Jean was a Trekkie. And and I'm Mm. not really a Trekkie, but I do like a little bit of Voyager. I can, you know, the original series of Star Trek, etc. And I kind of understand what's going on. But when it gets into Deep Space Nine and all this Borg stuff and, and whatever, I'm kind of slightly lost on it and stuff. But the thing is, the reason why I've always respected Star Trek over Star Wars is because Star Trek, there are hard and fast rules. There are rules of, of engagement with uh, civilizations that aren't that technologically advanced. And fundamentally, that starship is a naval ship. You know, there are admirals, there are captains. There are hard and fast rules. So you take out the fact that they're in space, but it makes sense. They're going across the ocean blue. The Marvel Universe 
similarly has hard and fast rules. It it makes sense. And it's this encapsulated universe. So if you understand the one bit, you understand the other. You understand what Wakanda is. You understand what S.H.I.E.L.D. is, etc., etc. And they all have this interplay, which is the reason why I've always struggled with Doctor Who and with Star Wars, because they are so obviously making it up as they go along. So whether it is the amount of doctors that can regenerate, but then there are more, then it's one part magic, one part science. Then it's one part, and then and in Star Wars you have the Force, which is magic and spirituality. Then with technology, it kind of makes no sense. So when you have this encapsulated world where there are generations of people and they refer to each other even when they've passed on, right? That reinforces the beauty and the cohesiveness of that whole narrative construct for me. So I get incredibly gooey then when I, uh, when I hear Ben talking to his grandma. Because it, because it... They Doctor Who, they refer to previous doctors and when I was this and when I was that. But Lucy, we were told that doctors can only generate, regenerate how many times? There's doctors all over the place. There's been more than, I think it's 12 generations, regenerations, sorry. Somebody's going to call in and correct me massively on this because I'm not a big Doctor Who fan. And I was talking to Terry about this, uh, you know, Mike Tucker, the milkman, just like two yeah. days ago. And I, was, and I said, respectfully, I've never been a, 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 a Doctor Who fan because it's too chaotic, it's too chaotic. There's too many things going on and they break the rules all over the place. We were told uh, for 40 years that there's only one person left from from Gallifrey. And then then there wasn't. And there, then there's some other people, you know, they were still wandering around who are from Doctor Who's homeland. Anyway, my whole point is, is that there's a cohesive tightness to the world of Ambridge and I would say at its core, there is a cohesive tightness to the original construct of the Marvel Universe, of which there isn't to the world of Star Wars. Just saying. Good. Right. Uh, moving swiftly <laughs> on. Uh, <laughs> uh, so uh, end of August. Don't you dare book any uh, holidays outside of the UK with, with your family because end of August, start of September, round about that time, there will be a Dum Dum Live in London and the, the, the stage will be festooned with uh, Archer's Dum and Archer's Stars and all sorts. And it's going to be fantastic. And bunting. Yes, yes, Claire from Clapham. Bring back the bunting, please. All right, uh, so that's Andrew Horn. And now, oh, goodness, this had us really worried last week. It was Paul Room and his uh, dicky ticker and the thing that's keeping him going Iron Man style. Hello, you two. It's Paul Room calling back in response to your question from last week about the uh, ICD defibrillator that I have and the difference between it working and the alarm. So the defibrillator is something that Elizabeth Pargeter has and I have um, for similar-ish reasons, structural heart reasons, but then um, the heart rate can go fast and then the ICD works. We also share a love of tents and camping, but that's a topic for another day. 
Um, so what can happen is my heart goes too fast, which isn't sustainable with being alive. The device can recognize this and then try and pace me out of it. It turns on a bit like a pacemaker then to try and slow the heart down. Uh, the best example of this is when I was walking the Kerry Way with friends and in the evening standing at the bar uh, in the pub after a hard day, uh, I actually passed out holding a pint of beer standing up and the device recognised my heart was going too fast, paced me out of it and I came to still standing up holding the beer without having spilled a drop. It's it's that clever. The other thing it can do then is if the uh, pacing doesn't work, it will then defibrillate a bit like when you get the pads on the chest and a big shock, which I've had once um slightly uncomfortable so that's a device working which is different to the alarm that i had before christmas which was just like an alarm clock going off in my chest which i knew meant hmm, not that the device was uh sort of having to work or my heart was going funny but i knew it meant the device was playing up so i wasn't really panicking then because i thought oh, I, I knew that this would probably mess up christmas a bit and driving and mean a time in hospital but uh say la vie um so, yes, if on the archers uh, I'm needed for consultations with Kerry Davis, I'll be the one standing up at the uh, <laughs> B at Ambridge at the bar drinking a pint of Shires unconscious. <laughs> Can I stay by? There is many a time that I have wished I could be unconscious in a pub and wake up three hours later still standing there and then leave. <laughs> It'd be great. It's like having a little nap in the middle of something boring. Excellent. When I worked at this same cardiac hospital that I was talking about earlier, uh, we used to have people come in for um, all kinds of things like cardiac catheter things and all that and, and tests. And uh, they were usually quite ill. And uh, then they'd, they'd have whatever it was they needed and they'd go back and they'd go home better. And then they'd come back in a fortnight later to, to check up on them. And by then they'd be feeling so much better, they'd start to feel quite stroppy because that's always a sign that people are better when they can start complaining about things. Um, and they'd come back and they'd say, yeah, but I don't know what you did, I don't know what you did, but you've left me this, this I've got these horrible scorch marks on my chest, and they bruises, you know, red marks. I mean, what's that? What's that? You know, I don't pay all this money to have this, and we'd have to explain to them that that's where they'd actually died, and we'd have to <laughs> start them again with the old, um, everybody back sort of thing. And then they'd go, ah, Right, yeah, well, fine, yes, okay, well, thank you very, thank you very much, thank you very much. And then they'd go shuffling off, looking a bit ashen. I think, bloody hell. <laughs> right, last caller in. I hope you've got some good emails to read out. I haven't got out. Mm. Really? Mm. All right. And also, you've had nothing when it comes to stories of you working here, there and everywhere, no. basically. Very disappointed. So, you know, we, we queued up the listeners for, a, for what was going to be, I thought, uh, Lucy Bremen tour de force of dodgy jobs you've had in, in your past before you made it big in what is it that you do for a Nothing. living again i do gardening mostly <laughs> <laughs> i'm a jobbing gardener <laughs> specialist in right. rewilding well, bringing up the rear bringing up the rear first amongst equals and all of that or last amongst equals sorry it's our glenn here he is now folks Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's Glenn here. Uh, welcome to all in Dumpty Dum land. Um, on the podcast from last week, uh, the Boris Becker section, well, that had the effect on me of making me want to be violently sick and burst out <laughs> laughing at the same time. As I was on the district line at, when I was listening, that was a bit of an issue. 
Could I ask um, that in future, Roy Field, when editing, you put in public transport advisory notices, <laughs> suggesting that um, uh, if you are on public transport, you may want to pause the net, the podcast until you get off um, in certain when, when if you're going to do something similar to the Boris Becker thing again. Um, on the archers themselves, I feel it's all over the place at the moment. I'm not surprised about Johnny in one respect, in that he's always been portrayed as a bit insecure mm-hmm. and therefore sort of going to build his body up in the gym after breaking up from Bella. Not too surprising, but the speed in which he sort of turned to steroids, that's really baffling. And then we get so cliches abounding. So Linda sees something between Johnny and Freddie and misunderstands what's going on. We have um, Jacob finding out not from Kate, but from Chris about the pregnancy um, when Kate is conveniently taken away for a course for a week at short notice. Um, We have the strange ongoing affair of the be at Ambridge and the name change and the rebels. And uh, it's just it's just all a bit confusing and. What's the point? And what's happened to Joy Horville? She seems to have disappeared at New Year. Well, anyway, thanks for the podcast. Oh. Hey, <laughs> All of a sudden, somebody realised that his, his, his time no, was, it was his to stop. Be up. He suddenly thought, shit! <laughs> Got up quick. Um, I completely agree. Yes. The yes, couldn't agree more. It's all over the shop at the moment. If you, you've got to, somebody once mm. said about P.G. Woodhouse, they said, because P.G. Woodhouse often gets dismissed as light or kind of uh, frivolous, uh, which it is, um, and sort of um, not well, <clears throat> not cerebral or not well thought out enough or whatever. But somebody said, if you think like that, then try and explain a P.G. Woodhouse plot to someone else. And um, what's happening at the moment with the archers is like that but in a bad way in that if you were listening to it with somebody that didn't know you'd have to explain all these very very small and pointless storylines to them you know it's not like you could say oh Mm -hmm. so and so is behaving like that because she's always been a bit like this you'd have to say linda's being a bit like this we don't know why because she's not normally like that whatever it everything would require an over an an additional explanation because people are not behaving according to character and storylines are short choppy and ridiculous um and yeah Mm. so i completely agree all over the shop Mm. tis 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 um we we haven't talked about jacob in and and kate in any real um well, I suppose we have. We talked about Alistair having his chat with, with, with Jakob and stuff. But I, I'm surprised that he seems to be taking this news as well as he is. I thought there'd be more existential. Well, the bit I can't believe is that Kate's waited a week to tell him. Kate cannot wait. Mm. To, to, she's totally impulsive. That's the whole. That's her whole. You know, that is her personality in one word, impulsive. She takes things up very rapidly. She makes yes. decisions without thinking about them. Why would she suddenly decide to keep a huge thing, a secret from the one person it most concerns and the one person who at the moment is approval she most craves? It's ridiculous. She wouldn't do it. 
whether she was away or not. Mm. You know, he said, oh, she's constantly sending me pictures and messages and blah, blah, blah. And what, so why would she not just tell him? You, you, you are incredibly correct. You're right, because she's... She has no. She has no impulse control. No, and she told Alice, the one person she... in her family who she has the worst relationship with, and that's purely so that they can have a conversation about having children. And then Chris mm. can ruin it by saying, which again he wouldn't do. Well done, mate. Congratulations. Well, to be fair, no, but to, to be fair to Chris though, Chris just presumed that he knew. I thought that was actually what quite well right. played. To okay. be fair, you know, to be honest. But you are completely right. The whole construct of it is yeah. false. Kate, as soon as Kate missed her first period, or at least thought she was pregnant, whatever, she's going to run and yeah. tell him, Jacob, great news. She probably tells him when she farts. You know, I can't imagine, that, unless he knows already, I can't imagine <laughs> that she'd be able to keep something this big quiet. And, and there's no reason for her to either. They're not, it's not like he's married. Mm. It's not like, you know, it's, yeah, just completely mm. rubbish again. Oh. Well done, Freeman, being so smart and so clever. Well done. Uh, all right, so that's the end of the calls. Uh, Glyn Fuller Love brought up the rear with a spoon. We did get your call in. I've apologised. Uh, we've said there's a dum de dum on the 2nd of April. There'll be a live one at the end of the summer. Uh, you haven't exactly regaled us with stories of uh, dodgy jobs that you've done. However, you've come up with great insights, things like PG Woodhouse and, and other little witticisms, which have been always a bit timely and very funny. So uh, I think we can start to wind this down by saying you might hear an ad, you might not. Now it's Yokel Bear. Normally being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, Dumpty Dum, it's Yoko Bear here calling with the social media roundup for the week. And let's start the roundup with, I think, everyone's favourite character. It's Tracy Horobin. We asked, who is she really working for? The Rebels? The Evil Empire? I.e. 
the bee at Ambridge, or just herself? Um, and the answer was herself. pretty much all of them, and just yep. for herself, really. <laughs> Catherine uh, D. Longston and Jane Evans was Smith said both said definitely see, and Jane said she's getting a lot of freebies recently. Yeah, I absolutely loved it when she went and said the wine bottles were too small <laughs> and she needed another one. I'm going to try that one. And again, it kind of got us to asking that is she the voice of reason in the village when she said, who cares what they call the pub as long as it sells booze? Megan Eliza Scott said, Tracy Orobin for president, make Ambridge great again. Which, coincidentally, is actually MAGA, which is the Trumpy thing, isn't it? So, but anyway, but yeah, let's make Ambridge great again. Samantha Swell Snowden said, God love her, she's right. In my village pub, if my village pub changed its name, I'd winch for a week and then forget all about it. Most people just carry on calling it its old name and that would be it. And yeah, that's absolutely true. And I think a lot of people have said that you know, there's been official name changes of stuff in where they live and they've just kind of ignored it and carried on calling it by the original name. Why not just do that? Now, on to um, the possible pregnancy of Kate. Oh, God, please let it be the menopause and please don't give Kate another child. Now, I said this week, I suspected Jacob would react badly to Chris's faux power, but wouldn't have predicted he'd end up fat-shaming the horses. And he did kind of go off the rails a little bit. But funnily enough, there wasn't a lot of love for uh, Jacob. Sean Geraghty said, Jacob is an unbelievable cliche of a character and a really bad addition to the Archer's Ensemble. Um, Franklin Habits also didn't hold back when he said, Jacob is a jerk. He and Kate richly deserve one another, but there is not enough therapy in the world to get the, that child through the trauma of growing up with those parents. <laughs> yes. I think it's going to be a bit confusing for the kid. Now, Heidi Griffith said, in fairness, he was talking, we're talking about the horses. She said, in fairness, he was talking like our vet spoke to us about our dog's weight. Um, yeah, and it actually reminded me of something that happened to me. I mean, you know, those that have met me, I, I'm pleasingly chunky. Um, but my mother seems to have a problem with this. And my mother is both formidable and has no filter. Um, and she phoned me up the other day and said that she'd been to the, the vet. And the vet had said that the cat was overweight and this could cause problems in later life. She then paused and said, that's the same for humans as well. And then she paused and then she said, you do know I'm talking about <laughs> you, right? <laughs> so, yes, your comment, Heidi, reminded me of my mother. God help us. Now, on the subject of pleasingly plump horses, or maybe not so pleasingly, Catherine Shorrock actually did a really informative post um, saying that the rise in obese horses and ponies is a huge welfare issue and can be deadly. Had the vet out to mine for a checkup and she said they, they're a bit on the lardy side, so they went on a diet that very day. Um, if horses go into the spring already fat, there is a higher likelihood of laminitis and metabolic diseases, which are frequently fatal. That is also why you should never feed anyone else's horse. That carrot or apple or polo could kill them. Didn't know that, actually. So thank you, Catherine. I feel far more informed about that now. Now let's talk about Johnny. 
Yeah. Jolly seems to have gone through a complete personality change this week. And by the end of it, we kind of found out maybe why. Um, he seems full of pent-up anger. And, you know, what? what's the reason behind it? Uh, Karen Cunningham said, Perhaps he's a bit down being a professional northerner. Although it is a tie between uh, him and carpet burns. Whippets at dawn. Jan Mitchell said, I wonder if he really believed that Bella was the one and the loss took his confidence away. Given the way in which Bella broke up with him, it's no wonder he doesn't trust himself. She was pretty harsh. Um, Yeah, I think she was pretty harsh, but I've been thinking about this all week, actually, Jan. Um, I'm not sure. I mean, it was kind of a teenage breakup, and that's sometimes the way it kind of happens. And I know we've all got hindsight, but I find it like a bit out of character for him to be so kind of ground down by it because he always seems to be quite you're able to find the good in things so i don't know ruth pearl said maybe bella left him for a bodybuilder now by the end of the week we did find out that there may be steroids involved because of course um freddie is um you know, had found out. By the way, just going back on on a previous post, um, Leonie Beavers actually said, more to the point, Freddie is turning into a very tiresome version of Nigel. Yeah, I think he is turning out like his father. But anyway, so he found these tablets, assuming they're steroids. I mean, uh, did Johnny actually confirm they're steroids? I guess that's what we're, we're meant to think. Now, but I'm not buying it, this kind of steroid story, because he's only been going to the gym for a week. It seems a little bit fast to suddenly go from gym newbie to steroid-taking gym rat. Now, Brian Holding, I think this might be my comments of the week. Brian Holding said, It certainly come on very quickly. Perhaps the Grey Gables Health Club is a hotbed of roid rage, uh, roid rage, and he picked it up there. For all we know, between spa treatments, Jennifer Aldred is bench-pressing 100 kilograms to build up her pecs, and Sabrina Thwaite passes the time while she's having facials, idly crushing walnuts using her vice-like grip. Well, after um, after Valentine's Day, I think um, it was Richard's walnuts she was crushing with a vice-like grip. Jane Gage asked, did he get them from the Montbelliard? Bloody French cows coming over here, giving us their drugs. But quite a few people um, have mentioned about how in Ambridge seems like a bit of a miracle place because these things happen very quickly and people get over them quickly. Lisa Marie said, but if you remember, Helen became anorexic and then got it over super quickly. Nicholas Nitsua said, drugs aren't, aren't such a problem in the Archers. Jazza had a go at ketamine and was none the worse after a bracing stroll up Lakey Hill. Andy Bent said, Ed became a raging crack addict in a week and got over it with a cup of sweet tea and a hug from Eddie. Alice could be cured of her incipient alcoholism just by not going to as many parties. Didn't Kenton have full-on depression and went away without so much as a GP appointment at one point? This is all par for the course. Now, Lindsay Williams said about kind of a speculating, you know, is this realistic? She did say, it's made up. I'm sorry, Lindsay. This is this is the the archers is a, a a drama documentary. It's real, okay? It's real. Don't tell me it's not. It's all I've got in my life. 
But we also, just to end this social media roundup, we talked a little bit about that lovely conversation that happened between Jill and Ben. And we asked, you know, Ben's become a really nice, rounded out, likeable character. Uh, Lynn Griffith says, much prefer Ben to either of his siblings. Likewise, I hope he becomes the new Brookfield archer with Josh and his sister a long, long way from Ambridge. Yvonne Summer said he's the only likeable Brookfielder. Wendy Wales um, said, I love that he remember Phil putting on the gardening hat in his, uh, on his head and it fell right over his eyes because he was only seven. Lovely piece of script writing. Yeah, absolutely. I just, it was just brilliant. And finally, Ellie Wordsworth said, love Ben. Makes a change to have a young character that is easy to listen to, is interested and rounded out and doesn't make me squirm. Beautiful conversation with Jill. He's a great actor. More Ben, please. Yeah, I think that's the official Dumpty Dum position, unless higher management veto this. Um, and I think that uh, Ben is one of our Dumpty favourites. So there you go. Anyway, that's Social Media Roundup for the week. And I will talk to you in a couple of weeks. Next week, you have Millie Bell. Bye. Bye. Golly, uh, we're higher management. Uh, yes, we are. Oh. Uh, I've got a corner office at the top of Dum Dum Towers. Where's your office? Yeah. Mine's next to the cleaning cupboard. <laughs> you don't even bother coming in, you're that important. <laughs> you just like. I just, just phone it in, darling. <laughs> phone it in. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, thank, thank you, Mr. Bear. And um, we're absolutely not uh, going to be uh, slagging off our Ben. Uh, n- n- not, not from the Royfield corner of Dumb Dumb Towers, anyway, because uh, I'm more for a little bit of schmaltzy sentimentality and, uh, you know, re- reminding us listeners that uh there's a rich uh kind of ribbon which goes through this whole thing which is family basically it's all about family and inheritance and legacy that's what the archers is all about and that's what ben uh in effect was talking about with, with his grandma you know and um yeah long may all of that continue all right so we've had some nice stuff so now let's have some ridiculous stuff now, Lucy. Okay. Let's have a, a mirror headline or two. All right. None of them are from the mirror. Elaine Wharton and Mary Notcontrary both sent me this from the Wigan Evening Post. Man tries to have sex with postbox. That was their headline. Tries. BBC News. Badger falls through Northampton super drug shop ceiling. And Claire Asprey sent me one from The Guardian. <laughs> 16 more snakes dumped in pillowcases in Sunderland. My favourite wor- oh word God. in that is more snakes. <laughs> <laughs> you mean it's happened before? Uh, right, and now, uh, tweets of the week. Uh, Sam Mary yes, D. I don't even know how Jacob mm-hmm. got Kate pregnant. You just know he's the kind of man who'd fold his socks and underpants after taking them off, by which time I'd have gone right off the idea. Um, pajama, <laughs> pajama Llama. This was after the omnibus. Well, that was dreadful tripe. Same time next week. <laughs> I think we all feel like that. Um, Leonard Edition. Johnny is mad. Linda is mad. Jolene is mad. Jacob is mad. Kate is mad. Shula is mad. The prof is mad. Justin is mad. Ruth is mad. The list goes on. Just how polluted by Brian was the water supply in Ambridge. <laughs> uh, Terry J. Eastham. Roy, Lucas, Jacob. What have they got in common? 
They are all very strange people who thought the only way to stop Kate spouting nonsense was to have sex with her. <laughs> and three <laughs> to the week. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Oh, wait, yep, yep, yep. There we go. Who I think is important because I think he's a verified person. If I was running the BBC, I'd quietly let it be known that one of the first things for the chop if the licence fee was axed might be the archers. Then I'd sit back and watch the backlash. This whole thing could be over by tea time on Wednesday. (laughs) 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 The end. Oh, well done. Well done. Um, An important bit of news, which... I did say to you yesterday when we had a little bit of a chatette, I was going to mention that I could, I'm only mentioning it now. Thank goodness we're still actually doing the show. Is um, Dum 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 TV seems to be doing quite all right on the Twitter, on the Twitters, on the YouTubes, on the tubes, uh, our Lucy. Uh, we're having people subscribe like there's no tomorrow. We need to get up to a thousand. So whether you actually plan on watching any of our output, on on youtube i needed to just type in either lucy's week in ambridge or royfield onto the youtubes and hit that subscribe button however here is the wrinkle folks um a few people have said oi are you putting out new uh, lucy's week in ambridge videos and yes we are every week we've done three so far at least lucy's done three i just put them up but it seems like um, there's a little bit of an issue, folks, with you getting notifications. So if you go onto YouTube and you want to make sure that you don't miss uh, a notification of a new video, you need to um, hit the little bell icon. So it's not just that you need to subscribe. You need to subscribe, then hit the little bell icon, which is in the top right hand corner. Then that will tell you whenever our channel releases a new bit of content so you won't miss it. Right. So bell icon top right. Hit that and you won't miss a thing because I have had this from a couple of people now saying when is the next video coming out? I'm like, it's been up for days and like, oh, didn't know. So. I'll either do that or just keep going back to the page, hit and refresh so all of our page views and uh, and uh, plays go through the roof. Either one works for me. Right, uh, dumdydum.com, go there. It's got stuff on there and um, and it's awesome. So smashing. And uh, go and big yourselves up if you if you go on there quite regularly and uh, and read stuff. And actually, go and read Mike Hatton's brilliant work that he does, which is the character counts. And it isn't just uh, a linear list of characters and how many times I've actually been on the show. He goes into some detail and breaks down the gender ratio and the amount of right you are. So Mr. <laughs> Mr. Hatton, you are bonkers beyond belief. You've obviously been infected by Brian's dodgy water, uh, <laughs> dodgy water pollutant down there in Ambridge. But you go above and beyond and... Um, we, we hardly ever hear your voice, sir. So I, I actually think, you know what I'm going to do, Mike? I want you to send me an email. Uh, we're going to have to do a special dum de dum show, a, a one-off one, where you talk about how you go about collating all this stuff. Because are you actually even enjoying the archers or do you just have like an Excel spreadsheet out there <laughs> and stuff? And, you and he sits there with his head <laughs> in his hands going, like, oh, God. He's actually stopped. He actually exactly, doesn't like, listen to the archers anymore at all. <laughs> he now hates it. I, I, I am 
utterly fascinated with why you are fascinated with you doing what you do, sir. Because that, that, that for me, it's all about the process as opposed to actually you know, literally what you're actually doing. But listen, uh, send me an email. Let's set that up. Let's have the Mike Hatton show, because I think it's about time uh, that you reveal to us the reasons why you're such an archer's obsessive in the way that you obsess about the archers. There you go. So that's dumdydum.com. Uh, Patreon. Now, we did read out a whole list in the last two weeks of people who um, give us their moolah on uh, a monthly basis. They subscribe to the show. Uh, Next week, we're going to read out the much, much, much shorter list of people that uh, do this on PayPal. Because I know there are a few people uh, that do it on PayPal and have set up a recurring payment. And arguably, that's a bigger thing. Uh, a bigger hurdle to get over than Patreon because uh, you've got to know what you're doing on PayPal to do that. But there are people that uh, give us money via PayPal and we don't to forget you. You're not second-class citizens. It's just a different list and we're going to read... Uh, we're going to give you all of the plaudits that you deserve uh, next week. Uh, but um, if you do want to, uh, you know, kind of help keep things going in Dum De Dum Towers, uh, quite simply go on to patreon.com, give us $2 per show and you get extra special uh, content. And uh, we've been recording some, uh, so uh, some will be released uh, very, very, very soon. And just whilst I'm on it, we actually, uh, Lucy and I do have some some plans for extra content which will be made available only to Patreon. So you heard it here first. Uh, things might be getting um, even more bright and in technicolor in terms of the whole world of Dum Dum. So uh, there's just a little word, a little, a little, a little note for you there. Um, so you heard it here first. So go on to Patreon.com if you want to um, help uh, the whole world of Dum Dee Dum. Um, I'm just, I'm not even looking at the script, Lucy. So why don't you just take it over from uh, here? Because I've, 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 my brain's had a fart. <laughs> Remember to get in contact with us. Uh, if your iPhone is working and the wind is in the right direction, you can send us a voice message via SpeakPipe <laughs> on the website. Or you can call 0203-031-3105 to leave us a message. And you can find Yokel Bear at Dumpty Dum. Uh, which is at Dumpty Dum on Twitter. Uh, Lucy is at Lucy V. Freeman and Royfield can be found. At Royfield. Yes. And and then I've got to read out the bit because Lucy will just never even puts it on the script. Facebook, <laughs> folks. There's a thing called Facebook. It's the world's premier social network. It's a network that has grandmothers, great grannies uh, on it. Uh, spedding, spedding conspiracy theories like there's and no spreading. tomorrow. Yeah. What do, I what thought you said spreading. I, I didn't. Did I, no, sorry, I didn't thing? understand what you said. Oh, okay, yeah, spreading conspiracy theories. Well, that on WhatsApp, basically. Ooh. <laughs> Toxic places. If you want to hear like bad news, we're all going to yeah. die of coronavirus tomorrow. Yep. But but apart from that, actually, there are some some little sections of sanity, and one of them is called Dumpty Dum. So if you're on Facebook, why don't you type in Dumpty Dum and uh, get some Dumpty Dum action? with the yokel bear millie bell and with a spoon uh doing their thing and uh, it's a world free from coronavirus scares right wing trolling and all that kind of nastiness that generally goes on in some of those platforms so anyway dumdydum.com it's big on facebook join the team and then there's the flick app 
and um, you know I always big up my flick app people big up flick app posse <laughs> and um, there's a link in the notes here show notes go on there and uh, you just have some fun on there because it's just nice it's full of nice people love the flick app people no controversies on there at all and uh, people are just nice and uh, just like go do that right that's it I'll just really run out of things to say suffice to say I think you can uh, feel people that um, I have not been on my game at all this week so last week I graded myself a very solid and generous four out of ten I think uh, this week I'll give myself hmm two point five. <laughs> I've literally turned up, literally Lucy. I, I made one salient point in the middle of Dum De Dum about legacy and generational, uh, you know, the generational ribbon which runs through the Archers and the cohesiveness of the Marvel universe. Other than that, pff, I've been a fart in a wind. <laughs> but you were awesome, and I tell you, your monologue has got to go down as one of the best in the all-time annals. And you've done 300 of the things. Is it going so down in the annals? Say, if it's going down it... in the annals, that is all right with me, right? <laughs> no, the ah, annals, okay. sweetheart. The annals. Yes, yes, yeah. And uh, so it was very good. I laughed heartily. And I've sat through enough of your monologues <laughs> to know when I've heard a good one. I really have. <laughs> Trust me. I'm sorry. <laughs> And this one, you brought your yeah. game. So uh, into, I'm going to grade your performance. Oh, good. And I'm going to give nice. your monologue. Um, I feel like I like it's the gymnastics and I'm like the East German judge or something or another. And so I'm holding up my card and uh, it's 9.7 on the monologue. Is this, is this and, due to some uh, sort of... Uh national border squabble that I'm, then, I'm now being punished for. <laughs> well, no. No? Okay. No, you, you only slightly come down on your mark because I still Because I'm refusing disagree about to import Yakov. your grain or something. Oh, okay. You disagree about Yakov. Well, okay. Yeah, yeah. I still believe. And even um, Sam Mary D, uh, she said in your tweets yeah, of the week that, that he would his, fold yeah. his underpants. Yeah. So, so, yeah. Okay. Mm. Okay. You, do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Mm. If you hadn't come out such a controversial remark, it would have been a straight 10. Straight 10 from well, me. If German you agree judge, with me, nice people of Dumpty Dum, that, um, that it makes perfect sense that Neil would iron his underpants and it makes perfect sense that Jakob would not. You, no, you said you said yeah, Neil would be the only yeah, person. Yeah, in I, I agree with that. Yeah. That Neil would. But you're wrong. Yeah, you're I know. Wrong. That's why I'm asking the people of Dumpty Dum. You can't just say you're wrong, well, you're wrong, I'm not you're interested wrong. in their opinion, You've got to start talking to Donald not, Trump. You're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. Go and, go and do a... Do a <laughs> you have to tweet everybody about Covefe or something. Well, wait a minute, right. I, you're, you're a special type of person, right? I've just given you a 9.5. And I'm and bitching. You want, and, you're, and you're telling me I'm wrong. <laughs> No, Roy Falls, I'm a 10. I'm a straight I'm 10. Is basically what you're saying. How oh, arrogant I'm are you? I'm not saying that. I've oh. given you a massive compliment. I've said I've sat through hundreds of these monologues, and this is up there. I'm giving you a 9.7, and you're like, no, 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 Roy Field. 
I need people to agree with me that I need a straight ten. <laughs> Lucy, come on. All right. Come I'm on. Sorry. Now, the rest of your performance outside of the monologue, I'm scoring you down. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, you're harsh. Because you've been argumentative right, and needy. Right. So, that is, that, I think, to be honest, uh, that is me outside in of the monologue. Yeah. <laughs> outside of the monologue, I think you get um, a, a, a generous... A generous eight. Okay. There you go. All right. Well, I'm happy with that. I'm happy with that. I think. I think Good. my. Are you not going to tell people to ring no, in and say, "Oh, no. I, I needed. I need more." I think my salsa could have done some work. I will work on my feet movements, and when I come back next week, Len, I will. <laughs> I'll show everybody. Right. Well, anyway, folks, that's, uh, I'm going to say goodbye to you because I, I don't really know where else I can go with this. <laughs> right? There'll be no more. Everyone's been wondering, been wondering that for whatever. the last ten minutes. Where is he going with this? <laughs> oh, nowhere. Oh, right, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, absolutely nowhere. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, that, that's me saying goodbye, goodbye, and I'll see you all again in approximately seven days uh, for another rip roaring blockbusting episode of Dumby Dum where we analyse, we prod the underbelly of Ambridge and give you our thoughts, feelings and emotions on the whole world that has uh, been constructed in this fictional county uh, for the last, what, 68 years? 69 years, 69 years. Bloody hell. Right, there you go. We'll do it all again next week and uh, we'll be as fresh as daisies and Lucy will have another monologue. And I'll just like limp through it manfully because I'm mentally impaired. <laughs> bye bye. <laughs> that is a great upbeat way to end a monologue. Goodbye, I'm mentally impaired. <laughs> the DJ eases a spliff from his lyrical lips and smilingly orders cease
A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tools. Tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.